The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another special edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. This is our second installment of position groups for the Chicago Bears, the 2020 Chicago Bears looking into the 2021 season. Today, I am joined by a very good friend of mine, longtime friend, uh, offensive line guru. He's not going to like that term, but that's okay. Uh, At one point, he's drawing pictures. He's showing me where guys should be. Uh, That's John Nofke. John, thank you so much for being a part of the Bear Down Report podcast podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. I'm uh, honored to be here and thanks for inviting me on the show. So now you were uh, an offensive lineman at Hope College, right? Did you play center or guard? I can't remember this, John, and I feel awful for asking. Oh, no worries, Ryan. No worries. So I played um, uh, center in high school. I started off as a guard, but our center kept stepping on the quarterback's foot and then they moved me to center and I spent the two and a half years there. And then at Hope College, I played a little tackle, though I'm five nine and a half on a good day. So I'm not really a tackle. I just I think I was just filling in my freshman year where they needed me on the on the JV team. Um, but I played mostly guard in college. And when I say I played in college, I you know I like to consider myself the locker room guy. Uh, at five nine and a half, and uh, with with some multiple knee surgeries, I wasn't exactly the uh, the athletic specimen kind of needed to move people at that level. But I just loved the game so much. I really relished being on the team and I really liked being on the scout team and trying to mess up the defensive linemen. It became a passion of mine to just kind of help prepare the team that way. Let me ask you a question. The difference between playing center guard and tackle for, for let's say we have listeners that are avid fans and some that are kind of peripheral fans. Could you maybe kind of break it down as, as just simply as you possibly can? What's the difference between playing those three positions? Well, that's a really good question, Ryan. So th- that really comes down to footwork and athletic, athletic ability, right? So your center is usually what we, is the kind of de facto captain of the offensive line, right? The center is the one that's going to have to snap the ball, which is you, know, you can't mess up the snap count. You just can't, right? If you snap it too early, everybody gets knocked on their ass, right? If you snap it too late, um, everybody's offside. So it's, you've got to have your mentally in there. And in, in a lot of levels, not so much in high school, but in the uh, collegiate and uh, pro levels, the center is the one that identifies blitz pe- comings and calls out protections, right? So and, um, just like the quarterback will pick a play, the center could pick the, the, the protection based on what they see. So that's and – and the center's footwork, um, you've got to be have a quick first step because you're starting every play with your hand up your butt, snapping the ball if you're under center or if you're – in shotgun, um, you, you know, you're getting it back there, but you're, you're, you've got to get that hand back up. So, again, depending on your style of football, you've got to have that quick first step in hands. Um, so our guards, on the other hand, they're usually more of your pullers, right? Now, and again, at the collegiate level and the pro level, they pull centers a lot. Um, at the high school level, it's not as popular to pull the center just because there's enough going on for those kids at that level that trying to get them to pull on top of all that is just asking for a bad snap. Generally, where I coach on the lower levels of football, <laughs> we're just trying to get the ball to the quarterback so we can run a play, right? So, but your guards tend to be that, right? They're your pullers, um, and they, they and they they're usually your combination guys, right? They're um, if you're, most teams will run a zone system, so your guards are the ones that are going to combo with the center or they're combo with the tackle, 
um, to try to move somebody and climb to the next level. When we say climb, that means you're either the, the guard or whoever they're combo blocking with is going to go to the linebacker. Um, so, and then the tackles, the thing about being a tackle is you've got to have that long kick, kick step. And especially at the, at the, at the, again, the highest levels of football, it's your arm reach, right? There are guys that are tall and big and strong, but they don't have that. They, they, it's a literally a span from your arm, um, from one arm to the other. And they need to know those numbers because they just, it's, it, they've gotten it down to, if you don't have an arm span of a certain length, you're not going to be as successful because you need to lock out those faster defensive ends, right? So you use your legs, long legs to get uh, into a good position on the pass protection and your long arms to keep them off. So that's kind of the general gist. Wasn't that, was it Chris Williams, the, the, the guy out of Vanderbilt that they, that the bears drafted fairly early. I can't remember, but, but that was one of the knocks on him is that he didn't have that wingspan that was kind of needed. So they, they kind of put him at guard and then he just felt like he was out of position. Maybe I'm wrong. I've got to look up that name. Not important. Mm -hmm. John, let's, let's, let's dive in. I know you're an avid bears fan. Tell me your thoughts kind of overall on the 2020 Chicago Bears. What did you kind of take away from this season? Oh, well, you know, it's, it was a roller coaster season. I think most of your uh, listeners and some of your other guests would probably uh, be using the same sentiments where we started off so strong that I thought, Hey, you know, this is, could be a fun team to watch. You know, we can make a playoff run. I wasn't sure we were Super Bowl contenders out of the gate. Uh, but I thought we were going to, you know, I thought with our defense and our, you know, with our offense start to kind of come together, we'd have a shot. But then once it became apparent that we weren't going to score more than 20 points in most of the games, that's when I was like, okay, this, the NFL is, is designed for points. It's not designed for defense. So that's where I kind of like, and then that losing streak was just, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, unbearable um, to get through. It's just, it was painful. Uh, I think the most painful loss was to Detroit. You know, you, you beat Detroit and then you feel a little better about yourself. Um, same thing, losing to Minnesota the first time, you know, if you, you know, they're, you're a step above them, but when you don't seal the deal, that's kind of what it is. And I, I, you know, when I said, look back on the season, you know, when they, I didn't even, making the playoffs was kind of like an insult to injury. It was kind of like you backed in, you didn't, you weren't very good <laughs> and you ended up not very much performing at all in there. And and, you know, and, the, and with New Orleans losing to Tampa, and like the Bears beat Tampa, right? So like when they're when they when they're on cylinders, they're they're a competitive team. Now part of that was Tampa playing in Chicago, and you know I'm sure again a lot of people will tell you that the, the dome teams and the southern teams don't like Soldier Field, Lambeau Field in the winter. But um, you know it's like if they play well, they can be good, but they're just such an inconsistent mess. Um, I think that kind of sums up my thoughts for the Bears. It's just an inconsistent mess with no real vision of what type of team they want to be. John, you hit the nail on the head, something that we talked about endlessly this season. It was, it was funny. This is our first season hosting a podcast. And when we first started out, we are on that five and one streak. We're so excited. Things are going so well. And then the, the, the six game losing streak happens and we're like, this isn't fun anymore to just complain all the time. And then there's that three game win streak. And it just, it was a crazy up and down roller coaster. Folks, if you're thinking of buying or selling a home this next year, you have to visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. As a third-generation realtor, Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. 
Jeff provides lots of information and market insight without any pressure. So you can make an informed decision about your next real estate experience. Visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more or give him a call or a text at 630-254-4734 to speak with Jeff. If you do, Tell them the guys the Bear Down Report sent you. We would appreciate it. Jeff would appreciate it. Uh, there are so many great realtors out there, folks. Jeff has got to be one of the people that you talk with. I've never met a person that within the first couple minutes of talking with Jeff didn't go, man, I really, really like this guy. Why not do yourself a favor? If you're thinking about it, just reach out. You got to talk to Jeff. He is the best. All right. John, we brought you on to talk about offensive line. And one of the things that was really kind of a hot topic in the early parts of the season and the off season was bringing in Juan Castillo after the Bears let go Harry Heastan. Harry Heastan was often considered to be one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. Uh, Notre Dame's powerhouse of, of guards, uh, tackles, center. I mean, the, the Bears are, are benefiting from it greatly right now with Sam Mustafer playing center. But Juan Castillo is the new guy in town. Could you maybe just talk a little bit about the change between those two coaches? So, you know, I don't have a lot of information here about the coaching styles just because I, I, we weren't able to kind of go to training camp this year. We weren't, you know, able to kind of watch um, their styles. But I'll be with you that, um, you know, Coach Halstein, Halstead, I can never say it right. Um, Coach Harry Halstead, we got you, buddy. Don't worry about it. We know thank exactly you, what you're talking you. about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, when you, bringing that Notre Dame pedigree does mean a lot. And I was very high on him when he came. You know, I, sometimes just I, I do think he kind of got a raw deal. Because I think they they let him go not because of him but because of a lack of of production and that production is not always a coaching thing it sometimes it's a talent thing you know and when I look at the Bears offensive line this year and last season I don't see a, a, a offensive line that's going to perform at the top tier of the, the NFL so you know I, I don't I don't think I can say much about this season other than there was some growth but I still don't think the Bears offensive line has reached that um, elite level that's going to, you know, help us win championships. So, you know, that's still the kind of the jury's still out on coach Castillo, you know, uh, but I, you know, for his first season with the team, and I think he was with the team earlier, if I remember right. Um, uh, but I think for, for a first season, there was some growth there, but I'm just, I'm not sure this is, we, we're in the direction we want to be. I definitely agree with you that, that the turnaround towards the late end of the season where the offensive line showed a lot of improvement, I think is something that gives Bears fans who are thinking, man, this Juan Castillo guy is terrible, kind of a bit of pause because for a little bit, all of a sudden the Bears could run the football. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have uh, Mike Fitzgerald, who is the head coach at uh, York High School in Elmhurst. And he talked a little bit about how the Bears kind of switched to a, a zone read, a, a zone run scheme. Um, we, we call him Fitz Genius. It was, it was really great to have him on. And one of the things that, that Bears fans noticed right away was that the Bears were running the football incredibly well. A lot of us think that that has something to do with Sam Mustafer being put in at center and Cody Whitehair moving out to guard. What were your kind of take on that? You know, Sam Mustafer getting his first start in week eight against the loss of the Saints, but the Bears took that game to overtime. You know, I, I'm very high on Sam Mustafer. You know, I, again, I, I, I'm a fan of how uh, – I'm a fan of where you play football, 
right? And, and maybe I don't I don't want this to come off as like as I'm I'm cold toward uh, other programs, but there are certain football programs in the country at the collegiate level that just produce good players, um, and if they they play other schools that develop them too. You know, now I guess you'll you'll remember one of the all time great Pina Tillman came from I believe like Southern Louisiana uh, State or some school that you don't hear much of. Louisiana Lafayette. Yep. Louisiana Here we go. Lafayette. I knew it was yep. something. So you know, I I do feel like there are there are gems of players that just for whatever reason, um, financially, academically, did not get into those schools to play, and they could be successful in the NFL. But when it comes to like the offensive line in general. There are certain programs that produce them, right? And I think uh, I think most people would probably agree with this assessment that the top programs would be Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Ohio State, um, and um, Alabama. Now, you can also throw in some other of the Big Ten schools in Texas here and there when they're up and down. But, you know, I think if you look at it, Wisconsin, I think it's Wisconsin Tech's first rounder every year or something like that. It's like, you know, they, they just – produce these players right so that's why again why i really am i'm looking forward to seeing um you know mustafer develop here just because again he played at notre dame and he's you know notre dame is not is has a pretty hard academic component to it that that's something that i also take high in on offensive linemen is their academics behind it because you have to be smart to play center as i mentioned earlier in our show um and you also have to be able to be physical enough Right. And certain football teams have that style, that smash mouth football. I mean, and Badger fans who are listening to this podcast would just tell you that's what Wisconsin is. Right. Wisconsin never seems to have a quarterback and they always have a running back because they just have an offensive line that beats the living crap out of people. You know, and I, I, when I watch college football or any football game and I listen I'm like, wow, that offensive line is just really taking its toll on the defensive line. The defensive line looks tired now. I'm like, yeah, and the offensive line line's tired too, but they're having fun, you know, kicking ass and taking names. So, you know, you know that's not a different type of tire. So, I think that's what I've seen is you know Cody Whitehair. I just felt like it was every year he was on the you hear him on the announcements and stuff from the uh, watching the games and he's making mistakes or he got a holding call or, you know, he's not a bad player, but I don't think he was in in a, such a key position for the Bears. The center um, was the right guy for it. You know, um, growing up, I was a huge, huge Olin Kreutz fan. I am very proud to say I have an autographed Olin Kreutz jersey that used to be up in my man cave when I, before I got married and has so far not been able to return. I've been told I can hang it in my basement if I would just take down some of my other memorabilia and, and uh, uh, some of my uh, train collection stuff. But unfortunately, I haven't figured, found a place for it yet. But I, someday I'll put it back up. But Olin Kreutz is a guy that, you know, when you think of Bears offensive linemen, that guy screamed what the position is. Um, he was a leader. He was intelligent. He was tough as nails. And I'll always remember watching him in a game, like, he got knocked over. And he just grabbed the guy's leg and pulled him down. And he got flagged for it. But he, it was basically like, you're not getting to the quarterback, right? No way. If, you're not, if there's a chance that I can stop you, I'm just going to do whatever it is. And if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I'm doing my job. You know, and I think, and I'll, and I liked his lighthearted too. He was the guy that always, when he came to football camp in this, at uh, the training camp, he'd have a squirt gun and he'd be nailing uh, players as they'd be walking in with his, you know, backpack squirt gun. You know, that type of personality in the locker room and on your team 
and that you know, you're not going to do this against me type of, of attitude is what the offensive line really needs. And I don't, we've, we've been missing that personality since his retirement. And I will do a plug right now. That man needs to be in the Hall of Fame. But you could do a whole episode on that, that that guy is missing out. But that's, I digress. It's funny that for a while on offense, he was the jersey that a lot of fans were wearing. And for, that says a lot about Chicago Bears offense when, when fans are wearing the center's jersey. But, but to your point, John, he was fun to watch. He was mean. He was nasty. He was smart. All of the things that you talked about. Uh, and if, if any of you are listening, if you're not following him on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. Even if you're not a Bears fan, that guy is an excellent follow. The, the last thing I want to, to bring up, John, that you just talked about was Notre Dame thinking that both Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars both played at Notre Dame together and were playing together for, for much of this season, uh, both highly touted as incredibly smart, hardworking guys. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for them. It seems that Sam Mustafer might be the starting center where Alex Bars is going to be more of a situational guy. We'll see what happens. If we could just take a little bit of a zoom out and just kind of just give me any of your general thoughts on the Chicago Bears 2020 offensive line. Well, you know, I think, I think part of the problem we had trouble with the trouble with the Bears offensive line is they are not – um, they're not very strong at running the football against the best defenses. You know, I think we got in the beginning of the year, we didn't play a lot of tough competition and we were able to win with some decent you know, offense and some, you know, we had, we had, a, we had that great comeback against Atlanta, you know, and, and whatnot. But when we really got into the, the real good teams with defensive linemen that are uh, pro bowl, we struggled mightily, you know, and that's when, again, when the bears started running the football at the end of the year, it, we, we, you know, it's okay to get excited, but we were also going against the bottom third of the rung defenses in the NFL. So you would expect us to do better. Um, so when you, when you kind of look at that, that kind of says, you know what, you're just a middle-of-the-road team. You know, our 8-8 eight and eight record really kind of captured that, right? We can beat the teams that are weaker than us, but we can't be in anybody that has the, the, the elite talent because we, we don't have it. So that's, I think, the, the pivotal question for the whole franchise at this time is where are we going? You know, it's kind of like we are not elite and we are not, we are not garbage, but that middle ground is almost worse because you don't know what to do, right? If you, you know, you know, if you try to improve your team, what are you going to improve and how? And if you, you know, and if you're on the top level, you already know what's going. You're just trying to keep, you're trying to keep players healthy and in the system. And when you're terrible, <laughs> you're rebuilding, right? And I think that's the problem with Chicago sports is when you look around, uh, you know, other than the White Sox right now, there's not a lot of excitement right now in, in uh, any of our sporting events, just because the teams are, you know, Blackhawks are middle of the road. You know, they're not terrible. They're not good. You know, the Cubs had that going on last year and now they're starting to you know move some guys around. The White Sox are up and coming, you know, the Bulls, same thing, you know, ever since uh, MJ retired, the Bulls have just been a middle of the road team with no real direction. Right. And that's kind of, I think, been the Bears MO since the 85 championship. We really have never had anything other than a middle of the road. You know, we get, you know, we had one year we made it to the Super Bowl and that's it. You know, we were just kind of hanging out. We've had great players, we've had good seasons, but it's not giving the, the fans what they desire most, which is was, was championship rings. That's what we all want. So and kind of circling back to your original question, you know, the Bears offensive line, I think they're young, you know, and I think they've made some strides, but they need help at tackle. They really do, you know, especially at the right tackle. We had some injuries there. Um, 
Charles Leno has been a good fill-in, you know, and he's made, you know, when Leno first started, oh, my God, I, I, you just could not, you know, you could not have a game when he wouldn't get a holding call or offside. He's, he's improved. He really has. But he's still, he's not, you know, that left tackle spot is the premier spot in football. I mean, again, fans of the game know that that is the highest paid position on the, on the uh, offensive line. And, you know, Leno is not that guy. You know, he's not an elite tackle that's going to take your team to the championship. He's a good villain, and he's a great guy, good community guy. He does good things for the city. You know, he's got – I know he does some um, uh, community work. But, again, you're not looking at a guy that's going to take your team to the next level. So, um, I think that's going to lead uh, lead probably into your next topic about the draft. Am I thinking of that correct? Well, John, yeah, you're already beating me to the punch. I just – I want to recap just a few things that you said – you kind of said Bears offense, middle of the road, 22nd. That's how they finished the season for a while. They were 29th, even 30th in offense, uh, 22nd in yards uh, for passing. They ended up finishing 15th in yards rushing. Uh, David Montgomery had a pretty great season at the end of it. But to your point, nothing that that is knocking the doors off of, of Bears fans. You know, I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts about the upcoming draft if there's a free agent that you're really looking for the bears to sign or something like that, you know, I am curious. I have been talking about Sam Mustafer for a while and talking about the idea of having white hair Mustafer and James Daniels healthy again, that interior, those interior three, that, that sounds like a pretty good starting interior. I'm curious your thoughts this off season. Is that the interior three that you'd like to see and where would you like them to draft or, or pick up a, a free agent name? You know, I, I think I like that interior, you know, I, I you know, and I, it, and it just depends. Yeah, I know I have to, you know, I haven't graded out again for fans that under that know football, you know, offensive line coaches grade the players, right? And by grading, we mean every play you get a plus, a minus, or like a, a zero for just whatever. You didn't do anything, right? So, you know, we haven't graded the players. So, I, you know, it, to make commentary sometimes just as a coach, it's just from me watching in live time as a, as a fan. But it takes coaches hours in the film room after every game to really evaluate how their players get. So I think the film room is where the team will have to spend some time to make a decision on that interior. You know, given that what the needs are, I think tackle is where they need to put more of their free agency with. But the problem, is, the problem they're going to run to is the salary cap, right? They, they, they are very tight this year. And I think that's, you know, part of the reason why we didn't see any changes in management because they, you know, there is no, you know, even if you change your management, your coaching, you're, you're committed right now. And the, the one thing the Bears don't do is they don't take on extra financial risk without a clear reward, right? So I think they're just going to – they've kind of said this is the bed we've made. We're going to lie in it um, with our coaching and management staff. Um, but, I, you know, when I look at that, I'd like to see them uh, do something with tackle. The Bears have not drafted well in the first round. Everybody and, everybody and their brother knows that would be our legacy. Right. If, if there's one thing about um, being a Bears fan is knowing that you're going to whatever your first round pick is, it, it's most likely not going to be a good one. Right. So that's why I never I've never been excited about the draft because half the time, I'm like, I don't know if that first round is going to pan out. You know, we, we did get lucky. We did get get Kyle Long. There we go. Right. That was a great pick. It just he had injuries and he just didn't last long. But then again, the average career in the NFL is only four years, give or take. Right. So the offensive linemen are in that category because of the wear and tear on their bodies. Right. So that's the thing is where, you know, you got to draft and maintain line. That. I don't think we've ever had a strategy with that. We're just kind of like, who's uh, who's there? Oh, that guy, you know, he, he can work out. You know, I don't think we've ever 
targeted specific players for what they can work with the guy, you know, you guys, you the guys that we have, you know, that's what I can kind of see on the team. So I don't know with, with not a lot of salary cap space, it's going to be hard to sign anybody that's worth their salt at tackle. So I think their best bet is to draft another tackle. Um, generally speaking, the best ones are gone by the time we, they get to us in the, in the, in the first round, because we're in the middle of the pack. You know, the elite guys usually go in the first you know, 10, 15 picks, but we still, I think would like to target a tackle or <laughs> I hate to say it, then it's a whole nother segment for you, but wide receiver, right? The wide receivers did us in. And when I look at the Bears offense, that's our problem too. You got to throw the football downfield. You know, when it's third and eight, you know, we're like screwed and everybody else is like, I got this, right? Because we they can throw the ball. We can't. We can't protect all that well. That's why we That's why we ended up going with Mitch, right? Because um, uh, Foles needs a clean pocket. You know, certain quarterbacks have personalities. Foles, you can't touch him. Right. If you touch him or you make him dance around, he's not very good. But if you can give him a clean pocket, he'll pick you to pieces. Right. You know, again, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady on those elite levels, they know where the ball's going before it's snapped. They, they do all that. But the rest of the quarterbacks, you know, they either are a pocket guy or they're a Mitch. Is, Mitch is a rollout guy. You, you got to keep Mitch on the roll on moving. And that helps the offensive line out. Right. So, again, when we look at the Bears offensive line play in the second half when Mitch came back, Look, let's look at the pocket. How often do they move the pocket? How often are they just throwing it to the tight end in the flat or a, someone else, an eight, nine-yard pass? They weren't really moving the ball down the field. And you got to have to have – in order to have the time to get the quarterback to drop back that far, five steps, you know, five-step drop, as they say, you got to have um, a line that can protect that long. And I, I, don't, I don't think we got to see that a lot from the Bears because they weren't good at it in the middle beginning of the season, so they kind of threw that out the window in the playbook. So I think that's the thing is we have to work on how are we going to protect our quarterback so we can get the ball downfield, get the defenses to stop crowding the line of scrimmage so that we can run the ball better. John, you brought up such an excellent point. It's Nick Foles is under contract. Are you going to take pick number 20 and turn it into an offensive tackle that, that is potentially a day one starter, a week one starter. Is that possible? Do you draft a quarterback? Do you draft a wide receiver? Do you draft a complimentary running back to David Montgomery? The Bears have holes all over the place. Um, is, is, if, if you're picking 20, let, let, let me put you in this situation. Are you picking tackle? Are you picking quarterback? Or are you picking wide receiver, John? I think I'm picking either um, tackle or wide receiver best available, right? If there's a tackle that you're, that, that you're kind of high on, I'd take it. You know, I would take them. But at the same time, when I look at the Bears' offenses, we've, our tight ends are great. You know, don't get me started on why Jimmy Graham, doesn't, Jimmy Graham doesn't play more. I think, again, fans will be like, would be showing us in our chorus here of why doesn't Jimmy Graham get on the field more? Why? why you know, th- 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 anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Instead – you know, as we saw from our Bear Bryce receivers, like outside of Allen Robinson, which I'm pretty sure that guy has flown the coop, right? Why would you want to stay with us? You know, what's the incentive? Um, Darnell Mooney. Mooney. That's it. Yep. yep. I love Mooney. And, you know, we do do well getting receivers later in the draft. I will give us that too. You know, that has been one of our strong points. Um, I think I was watching uh, ESPN and they were mentioning that, like the Patriots are, cannot get a wide receiver in the draft. They just can't just like the Bears can't get a quarterback or very few linemen in the draft. So I'm just, just how it is. So, again, if there's a tackle that's out there that you feel good about, get them because we have had success with other receivers. But we need, like, two receivers, maybe three, because, 
you know, Anthony Miller was not really around this much this Ugh. season. You know, yeah. not good. On top of that, you know, you got him again, a stupid throwing the punch. You got Wims, who's, again, apparently he's a great locker room guy, but he does nothing on the field except he's a guy out there in the trips nation. Right? He's and, not a guy you throw it to. And he dropped, he dropped a surefire touchdown, which was the best play, which the New Orleans Saints copied and did, at, did it well. They, they scored a touchdown off of the same play they stole from the Bears. Uh, infuriating. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's like you could redeem yourself for getting kicked out of that last game and you dropped it. If your stock ain't rising, it's falling, right? There's, that's what they always say. You're either going up or you're going down. So when I look at the Bears receiving court, (laughs) I think there are more holes in there than the offensive line, to be honest with you. In all truthfulness, because our passing game is terrible. So if we really want to take the, if you want to run the football, you got to back everybody off the line of scrimmage and that that's a good passing game. So I, I think we're going to be drafting receiver in the first round, just out of that. Um, I hopefully we take two or three of those guys because they can do special teams as well. And I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see if we can't sign a tackle free agency. I mean, it may not be a, the guy you want, but it'll be a filler. And then we, we you know, we got to start going back to the draft on that. Um, and see where that takes us because well, we need we need help at tackle. You know, we haven't had that dominant tackle since, oh, I know we had, we had, there was a guy from the Chiefs. I can't, his name's escaping me about eight, nine years ago that we had that was pretty, it was toward the end of his career. He was pretty good. John Tate. Yes. That's yes. it. Yes. John uh, Tate. Mike, Mike Page, our founder, big John Tate fan, was talking about him in one of our last podcasts. John, yep. uh, now the, the Chicago Bears are out of it. The AFC and NFC championships are set. We've got the Bills versus the Chiefs and the Bucks versus the Packers. In the AFC, are you taking the Bills or the Chiefs? Oh, that's a good question. It depends on who is, is Patrick Mahomes back. I mean, that's what fans, uh, NFL fans are all worried about right now is if there's no Mahomes, it's going to be an interesting, interesting season there for the, for the Chiefs. So, you know, if Holmes is playing, it's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they, if that's the guy the Bears should have drafted, everybody knows it. It'll go down in history. We'll be uh, telling that to our, our kids someday. Oh, yeah, the time the Bears missed, like, the next greatest star ever uh, because we picked a guy that played, you know, X amount of games at uh, a SEC school that nobody, you know, doesn't win very much, right? Again, it goes back to, you know, I, I hate to say pedigree, but – who you play in the environment you play in does matter in the NFL for a lot of the positions. Some it doesn't, but it does. You know, you you know, you, you have you have to have that again experience. You know, when I, so when I think about the what who's going to win there, you know, I I love to see the Bills because that's another franchise like us that's been wandering in the desert for a long, <laughs> long time. Bills fans, Browns fans. I mean, we we are all the same. We're all kind of like, can we get our act together? Right now, the the Bills, you know, got a quarterback to find, you know, rejuvenate his career there. Um, the Browns drafted well with uh, Mayfield. Gotta love that guy's commercials too. I would love to live in a, live live in an NFL stadium. Let me tell you, right? But you know, he's highly entertaining. Absolutely, yes, he is. He is, you know. Um, but you know, I, I think it's the Chiefs if if Mahomes plays. If Mahomes not playing, then I think the Bills are going to edge him out. I really do. I just don't think. Um, the Andy Reid offense is going to be good without Patrick Mahomes. In the NFC, Bucks or Packers? I really want the Bucks just because I, I, as a Bears fan, I'm, I don't cheer for the Packers. I don't, I don't wish ill on them. I just don't want to hear it if they win the Super Bowl. I just don't want to hear it. 
I don't hate Rodgers. You know what I mean? Some people hate Rodgers. I don't. The guy is amazing. You know, I'm, I hate the fact that Green Bay got back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's not fair. It's just not. It's like the rest of the world, share the love. But again, the, organizationally, they did the right things. They were terrible a couple of years ago, but they rebuilt. They, so, you know, and again, I heard another uh, sportscast talking about, is there any position that the Bears have the advantage on the Packers right now? Right? And I think that answer is no. Maybe, I don't maybe, think there's any. Maybe kicker? Cairo Santos having a heck of a year. This that, is true. That, might, that, was that a, might be it. <laughs> right. You know, you almost could do a whole podcast of the most successful thing that the Bears did this year was that our kicking game was good. Right. You know, that's it. You know, and poor Eddie Panero, it's, you know, he was having a good year last year too, and he gets hurt out of the gate and never got his job back. You know, we always talk about that as coaches when we talk to our high school players, like, hey, when you get in there, if you, if you play hard and do well, you, you may, the other guy might not get his job back. And that was very much the case of Bears kicker. So, you know, Tom Brady showed us why he's Tom Brady. I mean, he switched teams and moved a team that was middle of the pack to the elite level. Simple as that. Um, I loved, I'd like to see the, the, the Buccaneers win, um, not because I'm a huge Brady fan either. It's one of those where, God, can we have that guy? But um, I just don't want to see the Packers. But it's, it's what we talked about earlier in the show today, uh, Ryan. You got Tampa Bay playing in Green Bay in the winter. Not, it's not a good sign usually. It's not good. So, you know, Tom Brady lit it up in, lit it up in, the, in the dome. Right? He's got to light it up outside. Now, he has played well at Foxborough um, with the Patriots in the cold weather. So, for him, it's not going to be a problem. But well, how will his team perform is the question. Um, I think fans will be wanting to know. So, you know, I, I do think the Super Bowl will probably be Chiefs versus um, Packers, um, which is rightly so. You've got the MVP candidate, Aaron Rodgers versus uh, last year's MVP, if I remember right, Patrick Mahomes. That's, how, I mean, that's kind of how it is. You get the elite quarterback, the rest is history, you know, and we'll see what happens. Now, it's going to be, I think, the better of the two games will be the, the Tampa Bay game uh, versus Green Bay. And let, if, um, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, then that, that Bills game is going to be really interesting as well. It's going to be a great weekend for football fans. I, I'll tell you, Ryan. Absolutely. All right. Now, John, I know you knew this was coming. Um, it is our most popular segment uh, with all of our guests. Uh, we've had some unbelievable ones. The last one, uh, for folks, if you haven't heard, when we broke down linebackers, uh, our guest Rob Kirkland said that he doesn't like Portillo's. I'm, I'm still trying to get over that one. So, so, John, I knew you knew this was coming. What is your unpopular opinion? Wait, I'm still digesting the fact that someone doesn't like Portillo's. That's like against, <laughs> That's you know. what, It's one of the greatest parts of this segment is it's meant to spark conversations. Uh, New England Patriots uh, tight end Matt Lacoste doesn't like cheese. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he, he won't eat cheese. <laughs> so, you know, always a good conversation. So, yeah. So, John, what about you, buddy? What is your unpopular opinion? <sighs> Gosh, you know, I think one of the things that, I, you know, it makes me quite unique is that, you know, I, lo- I love Chicago winters, right? I just really like snow. I like living here. I like Illinois. You know, and a lot of people are, there's a lot of things people don't like about Illinois. I think that's probably one of my unpopular opinions is I just love um, everything about our, you know, our state. You know, one of my other roles in my, besides coaching is I sponsor students in the youth and government program. Um, through the YMCA and we take kids down to Springfield so I just adore our state I guess it's not just I like winners but I like our I like Illinois 
I like us, you know, and I, I think that's pretty unpopular these days to say you like Illinois. Uh, but I really, you know, our state has been such an interesting one in, in history of our country. And it's not a very, we, there's not a lot of Illinois pride walking around in our, in our athletic world and our collegiate world. I mean, Northwestern go cats had a great season, but the U of I has been wandering in the desert for football just as long as, long as the bears have, if not longer. Um, you, you look at the U of I basketball team had a bad outing yesterday. Just we'll start, got them. So I think it's like, I like our state. I like our weather. I like everything about our, uh, where we call home. Um, and I, I want to, I really want other people to have some pride in our, in our state instead of just where people are leaving us. I mean, that's unfortunate. We don't, we ain't a great place. You know, there's some problems here, but uh, I'd love to see more Illinoisans. It's kind of fun to say it, that Illinoisans, you know, get involved in that, you know, and I gotta be honest, I've never driven our state top to bottom. It's a five and a half hour drive down to get down to the tip of this, of our state. You're, you're, you're below almost the old Mason Dixon line when you get down there, right? It's a different world, but that's still us. And that's pretty cool too. It's just, I don't know what you do down there, but one day I'd like to go and see. So, some great hiking, some great rock climbing, uh, which is going to throw people for a loop that Southern Illinois actually has some pretty decent climbing. Uh, I, you know what, John, in, in one regard, I will agree with you. I think this year in a global pandemic, I've been able to look at my backyard of the snow and go, wow. It's really pretty, more than usual because I'm not having to drive uh, in it in an awful traffic jam while everyone's trying to get to work. It's, it's definitely a little bit different. Um, John, last thing, is there a shout out uh, or any shout outs uh, that you would like to give to friends, family, other Bears fans, anything else that you'd like to say before, uh, before we, uh, we say thank you so much? Yeah, you know, I think I do want to give a shout out just um, to uh, the um, Vanofsky family. We have a uh, guys group chat um, that goes off like crazy during Bears games. Like I keep it on silent almost all the time because uh, if I'll look down, there'll be 40 text messages. And it's one of those, if you're not watching the game, it's like you'll find out. But if you're trying to record it and watch it later, you can't look at your phone. So I just got to give a shout out to my uncles and my cousins. Um, you know, there's a, my family's a huge football family. Uh, generations of Bears fans with us, you know, three generations. Uh, my 91-year-old grandma still watches the Bears games. Um, you know, her and my grandpa were originally uh, Chicago Cardinal fans before they left the franchise left and then they became Bears fans. And, you know, it, for us, it's a family thing. It's a, you know, Sundays watching the Bears game, talking to your cousins about the, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, you know, it's, it's, it's so much fun, you know, and I think I, I, I really enjoy that most. And I wanted, I would give a shout out to them and to the rest of my other extended family who play for the NAFCA fantasy football league. Um, you know, we, this year we paused because of COVID. We weren't sure if our players could handle the season. So we didn't, we didn't award the trophy. It's still out with my third cousin in, in Oregon. But um, so it will be, hopefully it will be coming back to the John Nofke household real soon. It's been a while since I got to hold that hardware. John Nofke, thank you for being a guest here on the Bear Down Report podcast. We love talking offensive line with you. Uh, hopefully this will not be our last conversation. Folks, for all of you who are listening, if you've enjoyed it, if you have liked anything about this podcast, uh, feel free to subscribe, to like, to write a review. Any of that stuff helps us out. Sharing any of the Bear Down Report content uh, is greatly appreciated. You can get all of it on beardownreport.com. Uh, this podcast can be found uh, anywhere you find your podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, any one of those. We want to th say thank you so much to Jeff Cadwallader for sponsoring the Bear Down Report podcast. And as always, my friends, bear down.